Welcome to Media in Minutes. This is your host, Angela Toole. This podcast features in-depth interviews with those who report on the world around us. They share everything from their favorite stories to what happened behind the lens and give us a glimpse into their world. From our studio here at Communications Redefined, this is Media in Minutes. Today, we're talking with Molly O'Brien. Molly is a Los Angeles-based journalist who writes and edits for a variety of international travel and lifestyle outlets, such as the Washington Post, Travel and Leisure, and Condé Nast Traveler. She's lived on both coasts of the U.S., from Massachusetts to California, and has made Greater Boston, the San Francisco Bay Area, Barcelona, and Los Angeles her home over the past 25 years. When she's not writing or traveling, she enjoys outdoor adventures, local coffee shops, community breweries, and boutique hotels that tell an interesting story. Welcome, Molly. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm excited. I'd love to start with you telling us a little bit about how you got into journalism and why you decided on the travel and lifestyle beats. I'm used to being the one interviewing people rather than the, uh, rather than the other way around, so right. this is refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did I get into journalism? Well, I have always been a writer. I've been writing books since I could hold a pencil and Mm -hmm. I love travel. So I actually also started off my career in public relations. Um, I knew that it wasn't quite the right path for me, but I live in Los Angeles, so I needed a job to support myself. Um, Right. (laughs) I was lucky. I I, I landed a job at a travel and hospitality PR company and I learned so much. Um, And I bounced to another travel PR company after that. Um, but then I got laid off due to COVID as a lot of people did in the travel hospitality tourism industry. And I took it as the opportunity to really force myself into the editorial side, since I knew that's where I always wanted to be. And I now had the connections that I had made during my time in PR to, to start pitching, but from the other side. And that's really interesting because it normally doesn't go that route. You know, you normally start in (laughs) journalism and then go into PR, not necessarily PR into journalism. Yeah. And it's very similar. I mean, the R and yes. PR stands for relations. So building these relationships is my favorite part of both sides of the industry. Yeah, mine too. So what are some of your favorite stories? I love the ones you've done where you interview people with amazing jobs that are pretty unbelievable. Those are always really, really fun to write. Um, yeah. I'd have to say some of my favorite stories that I've worked on, what well, I, I think Cesar, the no drama llama was my favorite story I've ever worked on. It was pretty early off in my freelance writing career. Um, It was about Cesar, the no drama llama who was attending black lives matter protests in Portland in June of 2020. And he just offered this sense of peace that no, nothing else could. And I interviewed his handler, his caretaker, Larry, and we're still connected on Facebook and we still keep in touch. So that just the human connection that comes through these meaningful stories is important to me. Um, And then what else? Like you said, there's a lot of fun ones with people. Um, Another one that I wrote was kind of offbeat for me was lessons for companies that have workers experiencing survivor's guilt. That was also the beginning Mm -hmm. of the pandemic. That was for Bloomberg because everyone was thinking about the people that did get laid off. No one was thinking about the people that did not get laid off and they were watching all their colleagues depart and feeling like, why them? Why not me? So it's interesting, really interesting to dig into the psychology of that. Um, And then just all the other stories where I get to write about these places that I personally know that aren't 
I can't travel to them right now. So I kind of live vicariously through writing about them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm grateful for public relations, people like you who are able to share information with me. And then, um, I mean, exploratory research trips are always really helpful. That's, that's actually, um, right. where I find some of my stories because I'll go somewhere and I'll, I'll talk to someone that I know is going to be a really, really good person that can share their story. My mom used to say that I was nosy, but she meant it in an affectionate way. And it was affectionate, right. of course. But now I think we realize that I was just really curious about everyone's story. I love that. I saw that Travel and Leisure's article, you know, in the 50 best places to travel in 2022, that you said Brazil. Why did you choose that destination for this year? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And it's an important answer too. So that's one of the few stories that I was actually assigned by my editor at Travel and Leisure. So I didn't actually choose it, but I learned a lot about the destination and I already wanted to go to Brazil and this just made me want to go there even more. What are the things you learned that were really interesting? I learned a lot about the culture and I think that that's, that's why we travel is to kind of immerse ourselves in different cultures and different experiences because that's how we learn. And so even if I couldn't travel to Brazil last year, being able to write that story and really dig myself deep into what made it special, it really made me excited for the opportunity to travel there in the future. (laughs) Yes. And that's a big part of travel, you know, that anticipation and the planning and the excitement before you go. Yes, absolutely. How do you like to find your stories? I like to find my stories in a variety of ways. It can be something as simple as I'm just out with friends and something comes to me with a conversation with them or with someone that I'm talking to, like if I'm at a restaurant or at a hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, And also it is really great to be getting pitches from people that work in PR about interesting stories that we can work on together. And I can tell you, having been on both sides, it makes it a lot easier to work with someone who can provide an expert source and coordinate those interviews and help you with photos because it's, it's much more time consuming that people know from behind the scenes. Yes. And we know the more we can give you, the easier it is to do your job. <laughs> you know, yeah, obviously. Absolutely. How can, you know, talking about public relations professionals, what are some of your pet peeves that you may have? Yeah, that's again, PR is about relationships because relations is in the title. So I think just, it's important to be kind. Um, I remember when I'm speaking with someone or emailing with someone, whether they're just genuinely nice to me or whether I feel like I'm being used to get a story out for their client, which I mean, it happens, but I think also it's just important to remember that there's a person behind that story. Um, Something else, something that's small, that kind of bothers me is if someone pitches me and they suggest a certain outlet for my story that they think it'd be a great fit for like insert the outlet here I wish that I could just place something in that outlet (laughs) like I would say hey travel and leisure let me write this for you but unfortunately it doesn't work that way I wish that it did right Um, and then um kind of related to that I love sharing the links to the stories with people who help me with them And sometimes they take it as an opportunity to pitch me something else that they're trying to push. And I'm like, Mm. guys, let's just enjoy the story right now. Let's just (laughs) bask in the glory of this story that just came out. I'm not ready to move on to the next thing quite yet. (laughs) But I know we all have we all have clients like that that are, um, you know, okay, this is great. What's the next one? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. That's the nature of the industry. It's fast paced. You want to move on. 
Yeah. So we all know what travel is, but lifestyle is such a broad topic. And how do you describe that beat to others? And what types of lifestyle stories are your favorite to write? I think to me, lifestyle, it's about the way that people live their lives. And some people live some pretty spectacular lives, Um, but they wouldn't have gotten to be where they are today without facing challenges. And I just want to be able to share their stories. Does that kind of answer your question? That's great. Yes. And so you really like to focus on the personal aspect, personal stories on the lifestyle side. Definitely. Yeah. I think that if, if someone is doing something that's meaningful with their life, it deserves to be shared. Yeah, that's great. I have to ask about some of your favorite destinations. I know that's a hard one as a travel writer. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's really hard. And when I ask other people this question, oftentimes they can't answer it. And I realize. (laughs) I should probably have an answer to my own question before I answer it. So (laughs) now I do. Um, I have to say, I I studied abroad in Barcelona when I was in college and I just really appreciate it. I loved the culture. It was, it was just a really, I was there in the summer. I was going to say it's a warm place to be, but (laughs) literally and figuratively (laughs) it was a warm place to be. Greece was also gorgeous. Um, And actually these past couple of years, I've had the chance to explore a lot more of our own country that I wouldn't have necessarily been able to or known about, except through this travel writing experience. Um, There's a lot of places here in the U.S. that you wouldn't necessarily think of um, that have come to light in these past couple of years that are absolutely worth the drive or the train ride or, or the flight. Yeah. What are some of them that you think? I guess here's an example. I'm going on a trip to North Carolina later this week. Um, and it's somewhere that I'm, I'm originally from the East coast actually, but I had never been to North Carolina and it's just, I had learned so much about the state through writing about it these past couple of years. I learned about the three different regions of the state. And I learned about how many, I mean, everything from small locally owned businesses to history, there's just so much to explore that it wasn't on my radar before, but it definitely should have been. Yeah, I love those. That that is something positive that's came out of everything we've gone through the last few years and yeah. many more Americans have explored what's in their backyard, which has been which has been fun. Yeah. How do you prefer to experience a new destination? That's a funny question because I am not great at planning out my own trips to destinations. I like to immerse myself in the destination. I like to go there and just kind of walk around and explore. Um I feel like the best way to explore somewhere is by being there and just walking around and feeling the energy. And um, I mean, if you can even ask the locals there what they recommend doing. Yeah. Like many freelance journalists, you not only write for editorial outlets, but your day job is travel writing as well. Yeah, my day job. I'm lucky enough to have a day job right here in Los Angeles. I'm a copywriter, a writer for Metrolink, the above ground train system. So I get to write about, I manage a website called the Explore website. I get to write about all the fabulous places you can take the train to from Ventura down to San Diego through Los Angeles into the Inland Empire. And that's another way that I've learned about so many places in my own area that I didn't know existed that are literally accessible by train. So that's my day job. (laughs) And do you get to go to those places as you're writing about them? Yes, it's really, really fun. Um, we build we build itineraries. We create videos with our partners. Some of the destinations on this website are our partners. And so this week, actually, we're going to the Pomona Fairplex, which is where the LA County Fair is put on every year. Uh-huh. Um, and 
Next week, we're going to film in Camarillo. So we're going to go to Old Town Camarillo, which is a destination that is definitely a hidden gem. We're going to walk around and we're going to have cameras and we're going to interview local businesses that are there and tell people about how you can get off the train in Camarillo and make a little day trip or a weekend trip out of it. That sounds like so much fun. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that boutique hotels are also some of your favorites, ones that can tell interesting stories. Do you have a few examples? Yes, I have so many favorites. It's hard to narrow it down, but to name a few, I'd have to say there was a hotel called Hotel Earl in Charlevoix in Michigan where I went over the summer where it was very historically based off of the city. Um, Everything was mushroom themed. So I'd say look into that if you have time, read about Hotel Earl in Charlevoix, Michigan. And then I really like the auto camp brand because it makes you feel like you can just immerse yourself in nature, but there's also the luxury of having heat and a nice warm bed. Um, There's one in uh, wine country up in Northern California, which is gorgeous. So um, and Joshua Tree, they have some, some really cool outposts to immerse yourself in nature while also being pampered. Cool. Say another favorite of mine was the Holbrook Hotel in Grass Valley, which was really historic. Um, it was very much somewhere that was bright and light and felt clean and new, but the history behind it was fascinating. It was more than a hundred years old. So those are really your preferences over big resort type hotels. I think resort type hotels definitely have their own offerings that boutique hotels don't. But I think something that I've noticed is that coming out of these past couple of years, people are going to want to go somewhere where they have, they have more space and they have more personalization to their experiences. And I think boutique hotels do a great job in offering that. Yes, that's the truth. What do you hope the future holds for travel? I hope that the future holds more opportunities for people to travel. Um, I think that travel is about how we learn about the world and how we can get educated about ways other than the way that we live our own lives. So I'm excited that borders are opening and I'm hoping that there will be more opportunities for people to travel that haven't, that not, not necessarily even these last couple of years, but opportunities for people to travel that might not have known that it was possible for them before. Yeah. I think it's on everyone's bucket list now, you know? Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. And before we go, what are you currently working on now and or planning for the near future? I am always interested in hearing people's stories. And I'd like to keep traveling as much as I physically can. I wish there was more time to the week, to the day, to the year. Um, Just keeping up with everything that's going on, finding a balance between my full-time job and my freelance writing and getting fabulous opportunities like this to have conversations with people like you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to keep working with you in the future. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. You can find Molly on Instagram or her website at Metropolitan Molly and on Twitter at Molly A. O'Brien. We'll have links in our show notes. That's all for this episode of Media in Minutes, a podcast by Communications Redefined. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to our show. We'd love to hear what you think. You can find more at communicationsredefined.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Angela Toole. Talk to you next time.